Today, I will set you free. And the freedom that I'm going to give you today, it is a freedom that is real, and it is true, and it is so much better than the freedom that you think you have. Now, how, do you, how did you react to that huge claim that I just made? Did you think I was maybe a little bit crazy? Did you wonder a little bit what in the world I was actually talking about? Were you even a little bit offended? Because you already are free. As you wonder and ask yourself, what freedom can he possibly be talking about? What freedom can he possibly give me that I don't already have? Because we enjoy our freedoms. Especially in the country in which we live, we, we have rights and privileges, freedoms that are envied all over the world. <coughs> and we love those freedoms. In fact, a marketing research group called One Poll, they carried out a study. And this study was done in 2018 and it was for the shoe company called Samuel Hubbard. They launched a, a shoe line called their Freedom Collection. <coughs> Excuse me. This Freedom Collection shoe line, each of the soles of the shoes has the First Amendment engraved on it. It'll set you back about $225 a pair if you want them. But as they carried out this poll, they asked people what was the most important freedom to them in our country. And 84% of people in 2018, they said the freedom of speech was the most important. And then in second place was the freedom of religion. But we have all kinds of freedoms. <coughs> we have the freedom to own and operate a vehicle and drive a car. We have the freedom to vote. We have the freedom to pursue an education and our goals in life. We have the freedom to live anywhere we really want to live. All kinds of freedoms. But what happens when freedom isn't enough? What happens when being free really isn't free? And here's what I mean by that. What happens when you deal with depression and you dread getting out of your bed in the morning and you're enslaved in your own sheets? What happens when anxiety strikes and you can't stand to stand in front of anybody? <coughs> I'm dealing with a cold that just won't quit. I apologize. You stand, you can't stand to be in front of anybody because your mind is racing a thousand miles a minute thinking about all the things that those people are thinking about you. What happens when sickness or disease strikes and you are imprisoned by hospital beds and monitors and daily regimens of medication, maybe even a wheelchair or a walker? 
What about when your family is a train wreck of dysfunction? And you see him enslaved to endure endless arguments over and over and over again. What about when you can't break your cycle of addiction and you're entrapped by that? What What happens when you're burdened by guilt and you can't pry yourself free or it's anger that, that captures your heart and soul? What happens then? You see, doesn't it seem that the real freedom that we need in our lives, it isn't a a physical freedom, it isn't a historical freedom, it's really not a political freedom that we really need. The freedom we really need, it's emotional and psychological, and I would say at its foundation, spiritual. We need more hope than Maybe tomorrow will be better, or I just need to try harder to be happy. We need a real freedom. And the people of Israel who lived at Isaiah's time, they also wanted freedom. They wanted freedom in their kingdom, a freedom in which they no longer needed to feel the the pressure and the, and the burden and the weight of knowing that the Assyrians were going to attack them who had nearly crippled their government. Or after them, the, the Babylonians, whom Isaiah himself said was going to come and they were going to destroy Israel. They were going to take away their freedom. They were going to take them captive. They were going to give them the, the darkness of despair and, and sadness in their lives. They would have loved to hear a message of freedom. But after the Assyrians and the Babylonians, then it was the Greeks, and then it was the Romans, there was always another captor, another enemy. And they were never truly free. Because they, just like us, and like all human beings, we really have to understand what it is that truly enslaves us and captures us. Those things like fear and despair, anger, guilt, spiritual and emotional enslavement. We're enslaved by our sin and the chaos that the devil brings into our lives. And freedom from that, I cannot give to you. And even Isaiah, even though he was the chosen chosen prophet of God, Isaiah couldn't deliver such freedom. But there is one who can and there is one who does. And so Isaiah's words that we're going to look at this morning, they point us ahead. They direct our eyes just as they directed the eyes of God's Old Testament people. They pointed us, point us to one who is better and greater. And a freedom that is better and greater. The one whose humble arrival into this world we celebrate with our most joyous celebrations. And that joy and merriment, it is so appropriate because the freedom that he brings, it is a true and real freedom. That babe, the son of Mary, Jesus the Christ. 
And it is he for whom Isaiah speaks. It is he to whom Isaiah directs these words. It is he who is anointed to bring such freedom. And this is his purpose. And you hear it in Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. The Lord anointed Jesus for just such a purpose. And the Hebrew word that's used there for anoint is is the word meshach. It's from where we get the word Messiah. So if you ever heard that word Messiah as a title for Jesus, this is where it comes from. It means anointed, chosen, set apart. The Greek equivalent is, is Christ. Have you ever heard that title for Jesus? So Jesus, the Christ, he was chosen and anointed. He was set apart for these purposes. The Christ proclaims good news. The Christ binds broken hearts. The Christ releases from darkness. He comforts those who mourn and he bestows beauty. And it's in these purposes of Jesus that we can delight. We can rejoice in them because he delivers a true and real freedom. So first of all, the Christ proclaims good news. And that's, that's an understatement, right? Because it isn't just good news. It is the best news ever. With Jesus, you don't just get that, that two-minute feel-good story that they tack on at the very end of the news broadcast so that you have just a little bit of hope, just a little bit of, of comfort and, and hope in humanity so that you'll watch again the next night. No, with Jesus, it's all good news. It's the good news of forgiveness. It's the good news that all the the sad things that we experience in our life, that those will be taken away. That they will become untrue because of what Jesus has done. The forgiveness that he has won. Because at the heart of all of our pain, all of our sadness, all the things that we experience in this world, at the heart of that is human sinfulness. And Jesus came to take away that sinfulness, to forgive it. And Jesus, as he speaks this good news, he speaks it with the divine, almighty authority of God himself, the sovereign Lord. He reigns over all things. And so when Jesus speaks, you have absolutely 100% confidence that it is true. There is no doubt in your mind. Because he speaks with that authority. And the Christ binds broken hearts. He heals those broken hearts. I think so many of us, we are entrapped. We are enslaved. in the pain and sadness and the darkness of our own mental prisons. And I think that because of experiences that I've had, conversations that I've had with people who deal with that. 
But here's some statistics. These come from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America and the National Institute of Mental Health. 264 million people in our world live with depression. In 2017, around 17.3 million adults in the United States between the ages of 18 and older in the U.S., they had experienced at least one major depressive episode in the last year. It's the leading cause of disability in the United States for people ages 14 or 15 to 44. And here's the kicker. Anxiety disorders affect 25% of children between the ages of 13 and 18. That's one in four of our young people. And if it's left untreated, they are at a much higher risk to perform poorly in school, to miss out on important social experiences, and then even to engage in substance abuse. 25%. And so COVID is not the only pandemic that we're fighting. And when it comes to these things like anxiety and depression, it is incredibly important to address the physiological, the emotional, the psychological, all of those factors, but there's also a spiritual element. And Jesus wants to bind and heal these broken hearts. He wants to deliver a release from that darkness. And that doesn't mean that you're never going to experience these things. I think the very fact that the Bible talks about them and addresses them, it, it clues us into the fact that they might be a part of our life. That we might endure them. That they might come upon us. And so don't, don't heap guilt on burden yourself even more with guilt because you do experience them. But when you do, also trust in Christ's promises. And know that you don't need to be enslaved to them. And there's two reasons why you don't need to be enslaved to them. The first is that there will be an end. Jesus will return. And when he does, he's going to make all the sad things in this world untrue. This season of Advent that we're in right now, it reminds us of our preparations. The preparations that we're making in our minds and in our hearts, the preparations, yes, to celebrate Jesus' historic coming as that, as that baby born for us, as the man who would go to the cross. But we're also making the preparations for Jesus to enter into our own hearts through faith and trust in all he's done. We're making the preparations also for when he will come again, when he will return to this world. That he will come in his full glory. And so with every struggle that you endure, with every anxious thought, there is an end in sight. But Christ releases you from that darkness. And I want to kind of jump out of the order of the things that I talked about and move to the end. As you look at verse 3 and look into the language that Isaiah writes with in verse 3, he says that Christ came to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. 
the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Instead is such a powerful word here, right? That Jesus the Christ, he replaces your experiences. Whatever your experience has been, if it's been with sadness or it's been with depression or it's been with anger or anxiety, all those experiences, Jesus wants to replace them. He wants to replace your experience of ashes and mourning and despair. And he wants to replace that with joy and gladness and praise. And Jesus can do that because he took those things upon himself. He took our ashes of sorrow and sadness, the ashes that come over sin, he took that on himself. His humility to come into our world, yes, as that baby born being held in Mary's arms, but also the man who would stretch out his arms upon the cross. And there as he suffered on that cross for you and me, the oils, the refreshing oils, the the myrrh that was gifted to him at his birth, it, it wouldn't soothe his cracked, dried, bleeding skin. There would be no relief. No one would come to rescue him because he was there to suffer for us. He was there to take away our shame, to take away our guilt, to take it all away so that we might know joy and gladness. It was his spirit that was downcast and felt despair as God turned his back on him. So he'd never turn his back on us. And so that by his sacrifice, he might declare freedom to you. And through that freedom, that he might clothe you in a garment of praise. That he might bestow on you a crown of beauty. The true beauty of knowing everlasting life in Christ Jesus. Because the Christ comforts those who mourn. Ultimately, isn't it death that truly steals away our freedom? It's the greatest threat that we face to our freedom because there is no prison that is darker than the grave. And yet after Jesus had died on that cross, as he was placed in that tomb, he himself broke free from that dark prison. And so as we think about all the ways that we do mourn, We mourn death. We mourn the devil's tactics at our world to to bring the things that bring death. We mourn war and terrorism and, and we mourn violence and anger that's caused by prejudice and bigotry. We mourn all of those things. But it is Jesus who brings the comfort. Who brings the true comfort in the face of death because of his resurrection to life. And it's his victory over the grave that gives us true freedom. Now as you think about that freedom, the freedom that Christ can give to you, wouldn't you be willing to give up your other freedoms for that? Like wouldn't you be willing to to give up your, your right to speak, your right to vote, 
Your right to drive, like all the other freedoms that we fight for, the privileges that we enjoy and we want to defend so vigorously, wouldn't you give them up if it meant that you had the freedom of peace, the freedom of eternal joy, the freedom of life everlasting? That freedom that Jesus gives? And here's the best part about this freedom that Jesus gives. He allows us to live in it. He allows us to live in that freedom. And as we live in that freedom, then he creates us to be God's own planting. So that we will spring up as this display of his splendor. That as we live in that freedom, our our life will then produce this glorious righteousness that's going to Present our God to our world. It's that real freedom that you can carry with you every single day. That freedom that allows you to do the things that Isaiah talks about, to delight in the Lord, to rejoice in your God. Delight and rejoice in Him. In this real freedom that would be on our grown-up Christmas list. And it's not me It's not Isaiah, but it's Jesus the Christ, your chosen and anointed Savior. He is the one who says to you today, I'll set you free. Amen.